You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we have an exciting episode for all of you this week. Um, we have Antoine L. Smith coming at you in a little bit here. Um, very exciting guest with incredible stories. Uh, the, I mean, it seems like the, the more the interview happened, the more um, we were kind of able to share more, I guess, and talk and have better conversations and better stories. Um, he was really opening up at the end and the, these stories that uh, he was telling me were just absolutely incredible. I don't know how I, w- I think I was just so excited to talk about Michael Jackson, which you will see here shortly, that uh, I kind of completely forgot to start it out and saying like, you know, how I usually do with how'd you get started in the industry and all of that fun stuff. And funny enough, we actually talked about his Broadway debut last. And I'm actually really happy that we did because I truly believe that we saved the best story for last. This Broadway debut story is unlike anything you will ever hear on this uh, podcast uh, from any artist or anything. It was just one of the craziest stories ever. You all will definitely enjoy it and uh, just stay tuned and it's got some great stories coming at you here. But as always, let's turn it over and let's talk about what we're, what's going on on Broadway. Uh, MJ, the musical opened, which is exactly where our guest is from this week. He is currently in MJ the Musical. He was also in The Color Purple, Carousel, and many other shows you all know that I'm a huge fan of MJ if you guys have been listening to the previous episodes. Um, MJ is a great show. It opened last night. Therefore, there's no rehearsals during the day. There's no tech. The show is frozen. Um, it was a great, great night. A huge success. Got great reviews to the show itself. However, there was a little bit of backlash sharing that they kind of left out some of the most important part about Michael Jackson's life. Um, which is some of the news that came out more recently when the show was already being worked on. Obviously, I I think that this show is going to deal with a little bit of uh, controversy on this matter um, in celebrating Michael Jackson and all of that while ignoring some of the most uh, important things about him as a person. However, I really believe that this show is kind of celebrating him as an artist and celebrating his music and his legacy that he left for uh, fellow artists who are along the way and how he kind of paved the way for all kinds of different artists and it kind of changed the game and changed the music styles and everything like that. Um, So I think that's kind of what they're doing. And uh, critics kind of didn't like that they kind of left out some of the personal things that uh, Michael Jackson had experienced in in his life. So um, 
nonetheless, it opened. It's it's open on Broadway, and uh, so now that whatever you go see at MJ is the show, nothing's gonna change now. Um, I saw it early in previews, so I'm excited to see some of the changes that they made. As Antoine said, there were some changes made, uh, but we'll get to that here shortly. That being said, if you are looking into going to the theater, I have some great news. Broadway's two-for-one week extended one extra week to February 27th. Usually they end, uh, they do like a little two-week kind of promo, uh, which they obviously did. But this year it actually only ran through February 13th, and now they're extending it. But usually off-Broadway goes after the February 13th date, so it's usually like the February 14th. Um, and then they do their little promotional week. Uh, but now this year, they're, it seems like they're doing a little Broadway, off-Broadway joint promo. So you can get two-for-one Broadway and off-Broadway tickets from uh, February 14th through the 27th. Um, very exciting stuff. It's a great time to go see Broadway. Great time to go see a show at a great price, great deal. Take your loved one, take your parents, take a friend take your siblings, whatever, um, whatever you want to do, go see some Broadway shows. And uh, it's a great time to do it because these deals only happen once a year. So uh, if you want to go see MJ now that it's open, go do it. If you want to go see the Music Man or all these other shows out there, go do it. Highly recommend it. Um, That being said, in talking about Music Man, um, the Broadway production of Music Man actually did something that is kind of unheard of in their recent years of Broadway, um, they actually have opted not to invite critics to preview performances. Uh, So they're not allowing them to see to see the show until it's frozen until opening night, which honestly, I think it's the way that it should be. I think that critics should come on opening night. However, Broadway's had a long tradition of allowing the the critics come come before and in previews that way that they they can run their article um for opening day um which is kind of weird like i think that you would want to have an opening night and then you would run the article uh the next morning and just being like oh my god it opened last night it was awesome and like if you go to previews as we've mentioned many times on this podcast you know previews are for making changes and doing all these things um and and music man came out with a statement and i they were like listen we know it's tough for critics and they're gonna have to do a short turnaround and all these things and we apologize but this is how we want to do it and um they they didn't really mention anything else that that's kind of just what they were saying but i imagine it's that you know they just want to see their final product of what they're putting out on the stage and uh i think it's less pressure on hugh jackman sutton foster the rest of the cast i know they had covid issues in previews so they just want their whole cast as healthy as possible and hopefully they'll they'll have that on opening night and doing it all in one night to have as much people healthy as possible um and that way it's not like oh who's gonna be in this night and blah 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 so i don't know i i think it's a i think it's understandable i as an artist perspective i i understand as a critic perspective i also understand um but that's that's the reality of it that's what's going on it's a it's a big deal in the broadway community it may not seem like it in in listening to this right now but it's a huge tradition being broken here by music man um but frankly like it may be an unpopular opinion but i I get it and 
I think that's actually how it should be is critics go to opening night. But anyways, that being said, Oscar and Emmy nominee Taraji P. Henson, who played uh, Miss Hannigan in Annie Live, has joined the upcoming film adaptation of The Color Purple, and she will be playing Shug Avery which is very exciting, and Variety reports that uh, Henson will join the previously announced Corey Hawkins as Harpo and her as Squeak. If any of you aren't familiar with her work, huh, her, her work. Okay, anyways, uh, she is a pop star. Um, she's, she's more musicals and all of that, and uh, it seems like she's kind of like had a a long time loving of theater and she wants to do a little bit more of it or somehow be involved because i also saw that she's writing a a possible new song for the color purple so yeah we'll see how how that pans out i think it's gonna be cool i think it's a great move i think it's gonna be a a amazing uh, amazing movie and the film adaptation is just gonna be awesome i love that show love the story we talk about that with antoine as i mentioned that he was in it and that's about like all the news that we have this week there wasn't that much going Going on in the Broadway world, but I figured that these were the, some of the notable things happening and uh, some of the important and interesting things that I thought I could talk about. With that said, I am not turning it over to Antoine quite yet. I'm going to do the drama dictionary before the episode this week because why not? We have some time. So this week's drama dictionary word of the week is front of house. And I have front of house here because this is a um this is a pivotal part and this is a place and a pivotal part of Broadway especially at the start of performances. Um Hugh Jackman kind of made a social media post about it this week. I thought about it because of the MJ uh opening night had to open a little bit late because of this. Um front of house is the box office and lobby area of the theater. So the front of house, when usually shows start at like seven or eight o'clock, but usually they don't really start at that time because people are arriving late. Uh, people are doing all these things, and maybe the box office is running a little late, or uh, the, with the whole COVID and showing your vaccine, that's maybe slowing down the process. There's all these things involved in in the front of house that uh, is kind of an unsung thing or unthought of thing that that goes on and really we just make sure that we get the clearance as artists and as stage managers and as anyone who's uh presenting the the show itself um we are waiting for their clearance and saying hey are we are we good to go are we good to start um and then they'll let us know yeah or five more minutes five more minutes and then that's usually when they call the five minute call or the places call for for the actors to to get ready and all of that so um that's what the front of house is it, it kind of really works all of the pre-show magic that that's involved um they have to do uh they have to clean the the theater of course they have to check your vaccine they have to check your tickets they have to check your bags they have to get you your tickets you have to do all these crazy things that it's like oh yeah like you i wouldn't even think about that and then people of course are like oh, I just finished up dinner because I, I was running a little later. It was further away than we thought, or the staff wasn't as uh, fast as we thought because they were super busy on a theater night. So all these things go into place, and then audience members come come a little late, and then all of a sudden, we end up starting the show at like 7.10, 8.10, or whatever it may be, um, just because of how tricky it is to get everyone inside, and that happens a lot for opening nights. Opening nights usually start like 20 
30 minutes late because uh, they have the red carpet and they have all of that. So they're trying to get all of that packed up. They're trying to get everybody into the theater, into their seats. They have to make sure that the uh, press and everyone is is cleared and all of that. So it's just a crazy time and all of these things uh, are kind of taking place. And uh, that's really what so if you see at seven o'clock they're like oh well what are we waiting for let's let's start the show so that we can get home quicker but unfortunately that's not that easy and uh that's exactly why we're we're trying to to make sure the front of the house is clear and so that's what that is for those of you who didn't know that's all I have for this intro uh I need to just turn it over to Antoine L Smith because we have an incredible episode coming to you and let's just talk about some mj and all the other amazing things going on with antoine without further ado antoine l smith curtain up This week's guest is an Emmy Award winner who has appeared in five different Broadway shows. You may have seen him in Broadway's Carousel, The Color Purple, Miss Saigon, or Memphis, and you can currently see him in the MJ musical as Nick and Barry Gordon. So everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Antoine L. Smith. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much. Was that pronunciation correct? Uh, It's Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy. Oh my God, what did I say? Oh my god, Gordon, didn't I? Of course I did. Oh my god, Barry Gordy. I think everyone's familiar with Barry Gordy. Yes. So Michael Jackson, from when we're recording, just opened last night. Last How yes. are you feeling? I'm feeling really good, um, especially being with the show for as long as I have been to now have reached our destination. It's oh my just, god. It feels so good. How long have you been with the show? Four years. Wow. Okay. Wow. So like readings and everything like that? Yes. Wow. Always the same role. Always the same role. Okay. So you've been playing with Barry and Nick a lot. Uh, A lot. Very cool. Very cool. You can tell. (laughs) It translates. I saw the show in preview. Loved it, by the way. Um, Just what you guys are doing up there is just absolutely. It's unbelievable. I mean, truly. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to pull off Michael Jackson in like. Y'all do it. So it's crazy. Yeah, I take off. I, I take my hat off to Miles Frost. Oh, my God. And to Tavon. Uh, they, man. Yeah. They're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, truly. So talk to me because I know this is a, an original show on Broadway and you're originating a role and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, you there's some truth because you're playing actual historic people, especially with Barry Gordy. Is Nick <laughs> a real person? Uh, Nick is, I mean, he's a real person because he's a stage manager and we all know stage managers exist, but right. Nick is not a, um, an actual historic okay. or any kind of real person. So, no. So what is that process like as an actor and a performer to, especially with Barry Gordy to, you know, have some truth to you, Antoine, and then of course, Barry. Um, but you said, what was the process like or what? Yeah, like, how do you find that, like, happy medium? Oh, uh, well, of course, you want to be respectful of 
any person that you're playing that is still living. So you want to do as much research as you can on that person to bring mm. their reality to it. But you also have to make it uh, your reality as well, because you're you're playing this person. You want to be as truthful as you can. And I believe when you're going, when you're um, trying to become any kind of character, you want to bring as much of yourself to it. So you're not doing as much, quote unquote, acting. Right. Um, as you would be if you were just like making up everything as you went. So I try to find as much truth uh, between Antoine and Barry Gordy and marry those two things together. And Nick as well. And yeah, and Nick. Well, yeah. that was another thing. I, I thought it was so beautiful because you and uh, several others in the cast, you know, you guys are playing multiple roles and you're shifting out of that. Like, right. do you, is it kind of now like second nature to you or is it still like, oh, now I'm this one, now I'm this one, you know? Um, it, It's kind of second nature now. You still have to make sure that you are concentrating on um, making them both different. But at first it was a little, you know, it was a little challenging, but now it's really, really fun to do, actually. But you still have to be very aware. You still have to be very focused on what you're doing. Or you can mix the mannerism, mannerisms right. into each other very easily. Yeah, because it's fascinating because, like, especially w- with you, like, literally all of a sudden you could, like, turn around and do, like, a little walk across the stage and you're a different, and like, character. Different person. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> you and your co-star you. who, who plays um, the dad, what, yeah, sorry what is yes yeah, you and awesome. him both are just flip-flopping and i'm like blown away i my eyes go directly to you guys just navigating all that it's fascinating Thanks. unbelievable Thank yeah of course um so as i mentioned you you guys are now open congratulations yes. but yes. uh that also is a, a time to celebrate you know this whole tech and rehearsal process being over how what was that like how is teching a show as significant and and kind of huge as as this um so as you have stated i've been in many shows um, Mm -hmm. on and off broadway national tours regional broadway um this was by far the most involved tech rehearsal i have ever been a part of and of course you, you seen it so you can only imagine yeah tech rehearsal was like there's so many lights there's so many um costume changes there's so there's so much of everything happening right so we actually had a two-month preview and tech period Mm -hmm. it needed that and we used every single day i think we uh froze the show maybe last week thursday officially because we were still getting um script changes and things like that so yeah you can get script changes literally until a week before the show right until it freezes that's crazy so the tech the tech process was uh it was something I can't imagine. I mean, every lighting cue has to be like so every particular. Cue, every because some of the cues are off of a dance move. Some of the cues are off of a word. Some of right. the cues are off of a, a, a song. It's man. Yeah. But Bill, every little to detail. the professionals to set that stuff up. Right. <laughs> But you guys can tell you y'all are putting in the work because like it's it's working, you know, it you can tell it, it every little detail just makes that show so 
what what it is really it's extraordinary um i literally love the show i'm such a nerd about it uh i don't usually like jukebox and i was like this <laughs> one is like sick um you're not the only person that has said that yeah right <laughs> i know i don't know what it is it's just y'all like everyone is committing everyone's putting in the work and like it's not just your your typical like fun jukebox you know it's like it's some real right. stuff it goes where it needs to go yeah. yeah like would you say that's what kind of differentiates this musical to to like uh another jukebox i will say that um lynn nottage who wrote our book wrote a fantastic mm. book and she wanted to keep it as real as possible you know Sometimes you go to a jukebox musical and then songs just come out of nowhere. And sometimes they, they're not tied to what is going on or what is being said. But um, she so masterfully has done that. I mean, she's won two Pulitzer Prizes. So no, she she's brilliant. Right. Yeah. <laughs> With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. Um, is that all right? Well, it's so true. Everything flows so effortlessly with every song that was like that wasn't written for the for the story, you know, like they right, had to right. fit that in. I can't imagine how challenging that was. But was there ever a time in your in your four year span with the show that there weren't some of these songs in it and some of these changes or was it always kind of these songs just trying to navigate the story along with them? oh no there were definitely different songs there were okay. some songs um, removed there were some songs added um yeah so when you have four actually this process began six years ago um lint nottage uh, met with the um estate to ask if you know, she could have permission to do this. And then um, once she got permission, it started from there. So it's really been a six year process, but the actors. Right. Um, yeah. Of course. Came in later. Is there like a song that you're just like, man, I wish that one was still in there. Or I got to perform it or something like that. Um, no, the songs no? that are in there now are the ones that fit and the ones that needed to be in there. Is there a song that you're like that you you're not able to perform in, but you're like, oh, I would love to perform it. Um, yes, this uh, I'll be there. Oh yeah, Ayana George sings. Just call my name. So good. She nails that song. I would just to sing with her. Right. <laughs> would be man. Yeah. I mean, I get to sing with her, but not 
in that specific moment. She, man, she knocks that thing out of the park every single time. I have never in my life been in a show with someone that every time that I hear the song, I'm still moved as if it's the first time. Right. She just, she does something different with it every single time. Now that, that song has been in there the entire time. So. Oh yeah. I'm sure. And I'm rightfully sure. so. Right. Of course. I'm sure those, those iconic ones with like that uh, thriller, um, right, beat right, it, right, you know, right, all those right, ones. Right. I but wonder. That's the one that I would want to perform with. Ayana. Oh yeah. I like it. I like it. It's a good choice. I'm glad it's not just like the, Oh yeah. Like thriller, you know, it's not like right. a, it's, it's a good, unique one, one to choose. Right. Totally. I love that. Um, now, this opening number, I mean, it, I, first of all, I think it's sick that if you go to the show, you're going to see you go to your seats and you're already going to see like the, the performers already on the stage. That's so cool. So cool. Like who, first of all, who thought of that? And then second of all, who... Like, talk to me about this process of the opening number because literally that curtain comes up and it goes right into it, and you're like at the edge of your seat immediately. Well, um, our director, uh, Chris Wilden, came up with the idea of us being, you know, as it's it's a, a rehearsal, so sure, he wouldn't he didn't want to just open the curtain and everybody's just already dancing, so it's really a build up to Michael entering into the space. There were different versions of what that was. And we finally found a version that worked. Uh -huh. So um, we workshop a couple of other different ways, but yeah, this is the way. Um, yeah, and he just, he just wanted to have that anticipation. And when I call five minutes to Michael or three minutes to Michael, one minute to Michael, it's, it, it's that build up. And, yeah. um, the Talawega brothers, uh, Rich and Tone, who actually worked with MJ, danced with him, choreographed for him, uh, told us the story about when MJ would arrive to rehearsal or uh, preparing to arrive to rehearsal, uh, the security would call ahead and say, hey, MJ's five minutes away, three minutes away. Oh, and the wow. tension in the room would just be like, oh God, we gotta get ready when he comes in. We, he can't see us sitting down. So that, that was a real thing that happens wow um, that the Talawega brothers uh informed us of That's he, they had some great stories i mean i can't i'm not even gonna tell like personal stories but it, they had some great stories to tell us they gave us a lot of insight into the magnitude of what we were doing and the magnitude of the person that we were representing on that stage yeah and like how crucial is that and and developing a character because you know there's only so much research and stuff out there on the internet that having that personal you know story and connection really goes a long way like do you feel that that's even more helpful than reading a story online or something oh I think it's way more helpful because you're getting firsthand information when you read a uh, a book that someone else wrote that didn't have the the um the firsthand information or the firsthand experience it, it gets a little watered down. So mm. to have it straight from them, knowing that they had personal conversations with Michael, danced with Michael, sweat with Michael, cried with Michael, it's, man, it was a true, true gift. Yeah. True gift. 
Absolutely. And I can't imagine like that what they've done and worked with uh, both Tavon and Miles. Just unbelievable. Tavon, Miles, um, our uh, MJ the- uh, covers, Aramie, the little MJs. Yeah. Christian and uh, yeah, it's man, Christian and Walter. Yeah. Everybody. Lamont. Yeah. With all the M- I'm just naming all the MJs, the little MJs, the middle. Sure. The MJs have had the time with the Talawaka brothers, which was awesome. Yeah, because awesome. I mean, just the little like movements, like everything that Miles, like all of them that you just named, every little thing that they do, it, I was sitting in the orchestra and I was sitting in like row S. So I was pretty far back. So like, in a way, I was like, there were times where I literally felt like Michael Jackson just came back from the dead and was like performing in front of me. It was yes, unbelievable, yes. just the little things and how far they go. Right, right. And actually, another uh, thing that the Talawaga brothers told us is how specific Michael Jackson was. Very mm. Virgo. I'm a Virgo, so, you know, per- perfectionism is our, is our thing. Oh, yeah. My mom's um, a Virgo. <laughs> so they would tell us that, that they, would, they would make up a step and Michael would spend like six to eight hours on one eight count because he wanted to know exactly where the foot would be exactly where the hand would be exactly you know the level of the foot why it was like that it was so just imagine eight six to eight hours on one eight count yeah like michael we gotta we gotta get going right (laughs) yeah it's crazy i mean just everything but even like the the ensemble as a whole and how they're able to like come no, like you, you all have some of the best people in your company. I mean, that cast is just unbelievable. Everyone's complimenting each other. Everyone's working together to tell the story. And it's not like you're watching Miles the entire time. Like, right, yes, right, he right. absolutely grabs your attention, but every person has their moments and they're, they're just able to shine, you know, like center stage yes. and they're doing their thing. And they're all helping each other and it's totally one unit and it's not so much just the MJ show, you know, or just like the Miles Frost show. Like, like you said, the little Michael has his time. uh, Middle Michael has his time. Everyone's got their time. You have your Yes. Everyone has their time. I will say this is, and I'm not being cliche at all, but this is one of the most phenomenal casts I have ever worked with in my life. I wish you guys could have seen them in the rehearsal room. It was just no holes barred the entire time because as you can see those dances are so insane so athletic and they're every day there there was no room to have slack any of those dance moves right so talk to me because this whole mtv it takes place in the mtv and it's like the rehearsal room like you were saying is that kind of like like the vibe that was on stage? Is that kind of what the vibe was while you guys were like actually rehearsing, considering it is like a rehearsal oh, room? Absolutely. I mean, that's what made it feel so real because we're so used used to being used used. Okay, we're so used yeah, to being good. in the rehearsal space, so we understand what it takes to be in a rehearsal. We understand the rigorous rehearsing you know doing the number over and over and over making it correct and making it clean and clear and precise so yeah bringing like again when you can bring 
a realistic element into something that you are doing, it it comes off as being realistic. So yeah, that really helped coming from an actor or dancer background where you know what the rehearsal is like. Sure. And to be working with stars, you know, it's, yeah. So let me ask you, because when I went, I mean, standing ovation for Thriller, just unbelievable applauses in most of the musical numbers, but with all of these iconic music in the show, uh, and not just Michael Jackson music, there's all kind of Motown music in it, and it's awesome. So um, because of all of these incredibly like well-known songs do you ever like find audience members like singing along with you or like this is <laughs> the most sing along show i mean okay. it, it's they're michael jackson's songs. right I mean, there's no way that you can just right sit back and be like oh i'm just gonna let them you're gonna want to sing you're gonna and people of course they sing along their hands are in the air you know some people are standing up towards the end of the numbers when the numbers not aren't completely done and they're you know it's just such a good time yeah it just feels like you're at a concert that's exactly what it feels like yeah so that's so you guys kind of feed off of that that doesn't distract you guys or anything no no oh good you know we're performing we love it like yeah well of course it depends on the show but this show lends itself to that thing sure you know and makes it not distracting now if it were uh a whole bunch of cell phones and lighters up in the air like during the like that would be a distraction (laughs) and it's you know that there hasn't been the cell phone thing that's good i I mean, mean a lot a lot of it might have to do with what's going on right now and people being like get get your arm away from me i don't know but it's it's been great we haven't had that problem at all that's awesome i it's also people do bring their phones out but like that's it's it's the curtain call whatever but during the show we haven't had that problem yeah that that makes sense i mean the show just captivates you the entire time and i like literally as a teenager i will admit I'm on my phone a lot. Um, sorry, <laughs> I know I'm part of the problem, but but like, not during, but like not during totally Broadway show, like because I've been in shows where there's like thirty phones out, and they're like, man, yep. we can see you from the stage. Like, yeah, I I totally understand that. I know that one. <laughs> Tough man, it's not not okay. Let's talk about let's talk about you. Let's talk about you for a second because okay. we we talk about a lot. We've talked a lot of Michael Jackson, and I was just so excited that I usually start off talking about who who I'm talking to here. So, what actually started you in this whole entertainment industry and wanting to and what got you inspired to tell stories and all of that? I have always been a storyteller. My grandmother uh, was a playwright when I was younger. So, of course, she would use her grandkids, her children, nieces, nephews to to tell these stories that she wrote. Um, So that has been a part of me ever since I can remember. And just growing up, I was always singing and always, it, it, it has always been a part of me. I can't think of a time where it was not a part of me or a part of what I wanted to do when I was older. So it's, yeah, it chose me. It, to- it chose you. And then you 
just wanted to be in like musicals and like how did you get all into broadway well i wanted to be an opera singer oh Um, but not that it wouldn't have worked out for me but it's just it's it's the opera world is a lot different for african-americans i'll just say it um especially to be leads in operas it happens of course it happens but not not as as often as it should uh so musical theater lent itself to more opportunities Mm. um for me which i love so yeah i still love opera i still will always but musical theater is where my heart is at the moment gotcha it's incredible and uh, did you go to school for it? Did you like? I did. I went to the University of South Dakota and studied classes. Oh, wow. Voice. Yeah. So so are you like trained as like an opera singer? Oh, absolutely. Fully. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't even like, just, I mean, seeing you in MJ, I, I wouldn't have even realized that. Right. It's incredible. You know, I got, I got to flex a little bit in uh, Carousel. Yes, oh, yeah. as you should. Understand Billy Bigelow. Come on, saving the day. I love that. So talk to me about Carousel. What was that like? Because that, that, first of all, that show is just absolutely beautiful. Um, But this revival was just really special, in in my opinion. Um, So, as you know, Billy Bigelow was played by Joshua Henry, the first african-american to take on the role Mm -hmm. um it 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 was a good experience it was a good opportunity to show people that it doesn't have to be just this one thing it doesn't have to go this one way like there's other uh, uh, avenues there's other opportunities there's other you know ideas of how things could be and i'm i'm very uh, thankful that the opportunity was given for a black person to step into such an iconic role, Rogers and Hammerstein. Right. Um, and just getting to sing that music every single day and getting to hear Renee Fleming sing You'll Never Walk Alone every single day, Jesse Mueller, uh, just so many beautiful beautiful people it was it was it was it was a nice experience it was a nice experience yeah it was was a nice experience and justin peck who choreographed the skin off of (laughs) for a better term he man that man is so immensely talented and the choreography was its own character in the show Mm -hmm. and to watch those dancers now that dancing was completely different from what MJ is, but they were both the same to me because oh. it was it was more technical in Carousel and this uh, MJ. Of course, there's technical, but there's also the hip hop, there's the mm. ballet, there's the jazz, the funk. Two different styles, but both, man, yeah. I can't even think of the word I want to think of, but no, it totally I hope you get what I'm saying. Totally, they they're all their its own separate <laughs> entity, you know, almost own separate entities, but both just as fierce, right? Yeah, and and they help tell the story. I they mean, to tell the story, Justin Peck 
helped to tell that story through the mm-hmm. choreography. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. I mean, it was just. But you mentioned this <clears throat> this wonderful cast that you had of Jesse Mueller and Joshua Henry and Renee Flemings and everything. You've been a part of some incredible cast, and I I yes. we talked about MJ and now we talked about Carousel, but another incredible cast that you were a part of was the color purple. Oh um, man. Uh, oh man is right. <laughs> Come on. Like Cynthia Arrivo, Jennifer Hudson, uh, Danielle Brooks. Like, Danielle Brooks. Uh, it's, and then Heather Headley came yes. in. Jennifer Holiday came in. It was that without a doubt is the most spiritual, the most um, life-changing professional um experience i have ever had and even to this day when i think about it it brings me just as much joy as it did back in 2015 when we started working on it and i'm still so close with everybody in the well not every single person but most of the cast uh, because it was such a magical experience I mean, the show is magical. Still so close. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, magical. The story is just un- unbelievable. Um, it's one I will never forget. I, I saw Cynthia and I was like, balling, you know, the, the, I'm Cynthia, here. Oh my God. A force of nature. Yes. She ran a marathon, the New York City Marathon. Yes. And then she came to work and did this show. And the next day, she was at a reading with me. I was like, what? She was doing the greatest showman readings. And I was like, you're driving yourself crazy. She was like, I love it. (laughs) She loves it. Yeah. I mean, we would have rehearsals. And, um, you know, I'm here is a very, very hard, well, hard for most people. But uh, John Doyle, who was our director, would just say, you know, you don't have to sing it full out every time. Every time. Full out. Everything. No marking. Ever. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply so talk to me about like being in such all of these incredible casts and like learning from them and being able to just like take things from them and them inspiring you like how how much better of a person and artist does that make you um i will say i have grown in every single show that i have been in whether it was um growing from (laughs) 
mistakes that people made or grew mm. up from mistakes that I've made. But um, every show that I have ever been in has definitely made my experience as a human being, as an artist, more valuable. Um, I am now able to teach other people because of the experiences that I have learned from. Right. Um, I can now say, oh, you don't want to do this, but you might want to do this. You might not want to say this, but you might want. So, yeah, it's it, it, it all works for the good. Mm. The more you grow, the more you know. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing, too, with the color purple, I mean, it it, it allowed you to experience an incredible like time of awards ceremonies and all of these like accolades and like that doesn't define a performer by any means but it's still a really cool experience and now you can say you know you're an emmy winner and all of these things so like talk to me about first of all what it's like to go through all of these award ceremonies while also doing eight shows a week while also like trying to like take care of yourself um go ahead yeah you know uh there's always that pressure of, you know, because the 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 award voters come like a month before or two months before, whatever the window is. Sure. Um, but and you just want to make sure you're giving that same consistent show each and every time, because, of course, you want to be nominated. Of course, you want to win because you put so much work behind it. And like people say, oh, the awards don't matter. But sometimes they just make you feel good and you just want to feel good about what you've done. So um, it, it sometimes can be stressful. Right. More stressful if you make it more stressful, but just to be a part of a community when, when the award season comes around, it's just so there's love all the time, but right. there's just something about the award season that brings everyone so much closer together and then when you win with your cast, all of the hard work, all of the sacrifice, it just, right. it, it, it makes it, it makes it better. It makes it okay in a sense. Um, but yeah, we won the Tony, we won the Grammy, we won the Emmy. Yeah. And, and that's the yeah. other thing too, like when you finally, when you get that recognition, um, it's just right. like, you know, all of this time and effort and the blood and the sweat and the tears that I put in yes, is all yes. worth it now. All the yes. sacrifices yes. you've made, everything. And the other thing, too, about the awards se- season, some may say, like, it doesn't it matter for, you know, as a performer and all these things. But at the same time, it kind of does, because if you don't win those awards, you're going to get shut down. Like, if you win those awards, you have a job for a little bit longer. You have so, a job for a little bit longer. Now, I will say, sometimes you do win the award and the show still closes. But you that's still true. But I will also say, on the other hand, when you win, and I have I, I have seen this time and time again, I can't think of a time when I have not, mm. when the person that wins uh, Best Actor Tony, Best Featured Actor Tony, their career literally catapults into something else. Right. Cynthia Erivo won that Tony, yes. and it literally changed her life. She is now a two-time Oscar Award nominee. Grammy nominee and winner, uh, yeah. Emmy winner. Like I mean, it it changes lives, right? Because I know people say it doesn't matter, but sometimes it truly, truly does. 
Well, totally. And like, the thing is, is that, you know, she's had that talent all the time. So it didn't change her talent, but she got the recognition she to got then the recognition. Yes. To, to then right, right. be able to grow and like do all of these incredible things. Mega star that she is right now. Yes, absolutely. Blockbuster movies, blockbuster <laughs> television shows. And you know what? She deserves albums. it all. Yep. She deserves it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I have to ask because we're talking about award season, and I'm I I, I am <laughs> very confident that MJ <laughs> will go through a lot of these. Uh, um, what kind of can you take from that experience to kind of you know mentally prepare yourself and physically take care of yourself to to do all of this crazy sleepless nights that you're gonna have to partake in. Um, I think that it's, um, it's great to be excited, but then, like you said, you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because you want to, of course, give the best performances that you can, because that's how you get your nominations and your wins are based off of the performances. So it's very important to make sure that you take care of yourself. Mm. Um, don't overexert yourself rest as much as you can this broadway i know a lot of people are like oh you get to do what you love to do it can't be that hard at the end of the day (laughs) guess what it is a job yeah so like any other job you want your rest you want your uh your mental rest your physical rest your spiritual rest uh it, Mm. it 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 can definitely take a toll on you doing eight shows a week doing the same show over and over and having to give the exact same energy and performance eight times a week three hours a show is really hard right so um it it it, not not that it gets um easier but you get more used to it and you figure out the things that that you need to do Mm. in order to make it easy so during the award season you figure out what you need to do to make it just a little easier to make it through totally um it's it's incredible all of these things and it's so exciting of course to to be going through all this something else that's really exciting is doing your broadway debut and you made your broadway debut in memphis did. Talk to me about this because I just had James Monroe Iglehart on and uh, we were able to talk about Memphis a lot. So what was your experience like in Memphis? What, How cool is it to make your Broadway debut? Just tell me about it. Okay, so this, I'm going to tell you the story from the beginning. I'm going to make it really yeah. because I know. Uh, so it was, uh, I, I think it was, it was about March or April of 2011. Um, they were having auditions for the national tour mm. of Memphis at that time. And I was like, man, I gotta be, I gotta go in for, for the national tour. I want to be, I want to be Gator yeah. on the national tour of Memphis. So, um, the audition process starts, I go in, you know, have my auditions, have my callbacks, I don't know, maybe a month or two of this process. Right. And I get the call. Yeah. Um, we're not gonna, we're not gonna um go, it's not gonna go your way this time. But thank you so much. You're so talented. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm like, well, man, I really <laughs> thought I was gonna get that job. Mm. Uh then uh I wanna say July first ish. 
of 2011. Um, they called me back in. I'm like, okay, well, I know the tour, like the tour is already doing their thing. So what is, <laughs> so I come back in, it was me and two other, me and two <laughs> other people at this audition. And I'm just looking around like, there's only three people here. What's, oh. what's going on? So we go in into the audition room. You know, we do our material, sing our songs, um, dance. And they say, okay, you're going to come back later and we're going to do um, some more movement and read a little bit more. So we come back, three of us singing, dancing. I mean, we are giving our hearts because mm. obviously one of us is about to get whatever this is about to be. So um, we have our audition. We go home. They say, thank you. We'll, we'll let you guys know what happens. Da, 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 da. They call the next day. Well, my agent calls me the next day and says, um, you booked it. I was like, oh. The next day? Oh, next my day. God. Uh, you booked it, but it's for the Broadway. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Because we we didn't when we went in there we really did not know what was what was happening right um and this was this was Telsey yeah back when they had the original original I don't know if you know yeah yeah, yeah. forty third they had an, an, an yeah 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 uh so uh my agent calls and says yeah they they want you for the Broadway now it wasn't for Gator but it was for the understudy of Gator Bobby right. Del Rey. Uh, so at that time I was working coat check in the middle what? of the summer and you know, you make your money off of tips when you're working in coat sure. check. Listen, sometimes you got to do what you have to do to survive in New York. Absolutely. So I was working coat check in the summertime. Wow. And, uh, I started, um, rehearsal on the 5th of July. I made my Broadway debut on July 19th, no which, was way. A, which was a, listen to this part, which was, um, which was a Tuesday, Saturday, I went on for Delray, <laughs> both shows and the matinee on Sunday. Oh, no put in oh God. at all. Like I, this, this literally brand new. Right. The Broadway and going on for a principal the same week did you no even rehearsal and let me tell you how this happened okay so me. you know you you watch the show uh-huh you know, every single day you're watching the show right and i guess unconsciously what i needed to know and do came into yeah. my brain i kid you not you can ask anybody that was in the memphis cast except for james which i'm gonna get to that in one second okay this this was a real thing that happened to me the stage manager called me on saturday before the matinee and said hey, come on. um it's okay if you say no we wanted to know if you think you could go on for delray today oh me thinking in my head oh god i'm new to broadway do i say yes or no if i say no am i gonna not be right yes flew out of my mouth <laughs> And I'm like, I hang up the phone. I was like, wait, what? What did I agree what? <laughs> what did I just say? So I, I gather up my stuff. I get to the theater early because I had never 
done uh, the fight call with Montego Glover or oh my Kimball, God. Um, or Derek Baskin. So there was a lot of stuff that I had never done that <sighs> happened an hour before. That is unbelievable. And I went on for Delray for three shows. Now I say James, uh, the part about James is because when I joined the cast, um, James was was away doing Aladdin Mm. when I joined the cast. So I met him after I had made my Broadway debut. He was off doing the, the, I don't know if it was their pre-Broadway. It was in Seattle, whatever production they were doing in Seattle before it came to Broadway. Yes. Um, So I didn't meet him when I first started Memphis, but when when he came back, Oh my I met God! Him. It was he is such a funny person, <laughs> a great person, a genuine person. I I just actually I was just talked to him today earlier today. Um, I I, I love him so yeah. I understudied him. I oh understudied Gator and I understudied Del Rey. Unreal! And, uh, that was, is that one of the coolest. My stories. Broadway debut. Yeah, that's one of the coolest. And, and I like and I like to tell people. You know, just be ready for anything. Yeah. Like, that is what happened to me is not normal. But no. just, you just literally be ready for anything. You didn't for even me. like finish rehearsals for, for that role? I had like, no rehearsal. You had no rehearsal. Yet. Oh my This God. was my first, this was my first week. I had two weeks to, because I came in as a replacement. Okay. The person that I was replacing actually was uh, going on the tour as Gator. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, I I had two weeks of my own rehearsal. When I say two weeks, I mean like I would go in for four hours one day, four hours another day. Right. Three hours one day. <laughs> so it's not really two whole weeks of like eight to ten hour work. Mm-hmm. You come in as a replacement as a, a replacement my mind as a replacement you really have no time it's time to get in and get the work done so i was just watching the show and for some reason the del ray songs stuck wow. in my head i kid you not no no put in no rehearsal no it was oh just my God. can you do it and i said yes yeah. hey and it I mean, happened yeah it happened Aren't you glad though that you said yes? Like now you wouldn't be able to have that story. I'm glad I said yes now, but when I hung up that phone, I was right, like, <laughs> right, right. But it's very great to look back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a great Broadway debut! That's all I gotta and, say and to, to my cast that they were just they were unbelievable rock stars. Unbelievable. Oh. Yep, for sure. That's incredible. Well, I I think that's like <laughs> a, I I don't know if there's another story that could trump that. So I really think that's a great place to leave off. Antoine, thank you, thank you, dude. Unreal. I I love all of your work. I actually I don't know if you even like recognize me, but I actually discovered you on Clubhouse during the pandemic, and I've been oh. following you along ever since. And uh, yeah, it's great. You're a great follow you. follow on uh, Clubhouse and Instagram and all those things. So drop your social media handle while we're at it. Uh, you can reach me at Antoine A N T O I N E L smith 32 antoine l smith 32 
Yes, and honestly, you're like one of the most inspirational followers on social oh, media. Thank you. You're thank always you. posting some like unbelievable and motivational and inspiring things that, that definitely you. helped me. I'm just scrolling through my feed and I'm like, wow, I needed to see this today. So thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Thank you. I um, that. Yeah, of course. And I appreciate all your work and I appreciate all of your time that you're putting in with me to chat with me today. I know a lot of people listening are going to really enjoy this. So thank you. My pleasure. It was great to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And you take care, my friend. Take a bow, Antoine L. Smith. That was such an enjoyable episode. Um, I really enjoyed all of his stories, including the ones that uh, he mentioned about the Talawega brothers who are uh, who worked with Michael Jackson and now are some of the creative teams on MJ the Musical. Um, kind of that in-person, in-personal stories that he was able to give the cast really um, furthered the the production of MJ and all of the little um, movements and everything that MJ does. And just, it, it makes the show like so much better and stand out. It's just the little details, you know, um, but awesome stuff. And then he mentioned, of course, you know, talking about Cynthia Revo, talking about Carousel, um, talking about his Broadway debut. That was awesome. Like I said, you know, at, at the end there, he really started opening up and telling some great stories. I know I mentioned that in the intro, but um, I'm just really grateful that he was able to to open up and, and, and talk about some of that rehearsal process and all of the fun things uh, involved behind the scenes that, you know, people don't always see. So uh, thank you again, Antoine, and I look forward to meeting you in person. Um, and that was just a, it was a great episode, and I hope you all enjoyed it. Once again, Antoine is a great follow on social media. He is, uh, obviously, he'll post some updates from MJ and all that fun stuff, and you can track him and, like, what he has next in the future. Um, but, of course, he's such an inspirational follower. You know, he's always posting funny things. He's also always posting motivational and inspiring messages. Um, so go follow him if you have, if you're not, and, uh, go follow us if you're not at take about podcasts, uh, and that's on Instagram, TikTok, um, all the things. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have for you folks today. I appreciate you all listening once again, and we have another great, great, uh, episode coming at you all next week. Have a great week, everybody. Go see some Broadway. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Kessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com tab. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at takeaboutpodcast. Takeabout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.